Welcome to Stu, Nerds at the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And we are finally back to the news. The news. And finally some things have happened. Some of them happy, yeah, some of them sad. <laughs> Probably more sad than happy at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It had been slim pickings, but it is not this week. Uh, we've got quite a bit to talk. All right, guys, time for the headline news. And first out of the gate is the problems on the set of the Batman. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love how this trickled out. Like the first day it was like, they've had to close down shooting because someone on set has been positive for COVID. But like the next day they were like, yeah, it's Pattinson, I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy viruses, Batman. Where's the COVID repellent? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you know, honestly... It's over by the shark know, repellent. Exactly. <laughs> you know, 2020 is almost becoming more deadly to Batman than any of Arkham's inmates. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the novel coronavirus is definitely a, a, a villain for Batman, right? So after all the lockdown, all that stuff, now Pattinson's got COVID. So do you guys think this is going to set back the movie to 2022? Okay. I found an interview where Matt Reeves was talking about that. Ah, okay. Um, If I I remember right, this is an August release date, right? August 2021. Uh, I think, was it it August or did they shift shift it to October? I can't remember. uh, I I, I don't think they're they're shifting. I think that's the problem. Because Matt Reeves, what Matt Reeves was saying was that they're going to hit that date that the, the studio is determined for for the Batman to be released on that release date. Okay. And and they also said that they've been given 90 days to film the movie um, and that they're not extending it, even though they've had to shut down a second time. And Pattinson, you know, the star of the movie, the guy in the cowl, the studio is not extending their shooting schedule or the budget. Hmm. And so... I don't know what that means. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, you're going to want that Batman money next year. So, I mean, they're going to make this movie, but like, right. So like, I mean, it's just not good vibes, right? They're playing hardball with, you know, the director of the Batman. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a weird scenario. It, it's always awkward when a studio and a director, uh, you know, come at odds with time frames and uh, creativity there, because you know, the studio's having, shareholders and businesses to meet you have a director who is trying to you know establish a a creative vision and uh, you know create something unique Uh, in this part with batman really difficult you know to create something unique we've had so many iterations but uh, yeah that's going to really i think hamper the uh the views of this movie you know and and we've seen that you know i mean even back, you know, Lucas and Star Wars, uh, Richard Donner and Superman, you know, all these things, you know, we've seen these ty- types of things occur in movies. But it, but it seems sometimes that studios want to try to play nice. But I just think with all these holdovers, Warner Brothers wants this movie out. You know. Yeah. And the sure. sad thing is that trailer looks so good. So good. <laughs> well, you know, you know, they had to do a voiceover there at the end when he says, "I'm vengeance." He was really just beating the guy down because he was angry because he was positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's not positive. <laughs> what? Which I, I've got another question, guys. 
I don't know what I'm, I'm afraid they don't know what to do with this movie because you know Affleck came back. He's going to be in the Flash movie, and apparently yes, that's actually is. happening. Uh-huh. And so, and so they changed the way this thing. They're saying this is now a standalone, like the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, are they even? Is this even a priority anymore? Because they've got Affleck back, and they're back. They're doing the DCEU Batman again, and so. So is this thing just way down the list of priorities now? Well, I mean, they do have the DC multiverse to play with. Right. Yeah. And if Flash does what it says, you're going to have more than one Batman anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's from one bummer. Let's move on to one that's. You know, a little bit of a bu- bummer as well. A tenant has come out, and the box office has come in. <laughs> yes, a little bit of it, anyway. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got some numbers, guys. Okay. All right, so the budget was two hundred and five million dollars. Now that's the shooting budget. Um, I've my understanding is you add at least fifty percent for the marketing, and so mm-hmm. some, sometimes double. And so it's so we're looking at probably three hundred to four hundred million dollar um, overall budget for this thing. The worldwide gross is one hundred and fifty-two million. Oh wow! Yep, twenty million domestic. <laughs> All the rest yeah. has been international. So wow. U.S. box office twenty million right now. So so the Brinks truck they were hoping to back up is more of a Yugo. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. I think they just hired an Uber to bring that money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, what I worry about, and I think this is the big thing, is this going to set the tone for this next round of blockbusters that have been pushed back? Wonder Woman, Black Widow, James Bond, Dune. I know we're seeing all these things, and, and we're starting to hear rumbles of all these, and we'll talk about a lot of them in this news episode, but is that going to affect their releases because of the Mm -hmm. low box office? Well, I think what you're looking at really, Sam, uh, is a shift in movie going entirely. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, if you look at the last few years, we have had honestly blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. You have about every month you have a super release coming out almost sometimes even two a month if marvel and dc got their scheduling crossed up but you know and if it was a star wars year anyway so yeah i I think what we're really going to end up seeing is i think you're going to end up seeing more of a maybe a blockbuster per season or maybe two per season per se and then we will have hopefully a lot more creativity with uh, you know newer directors and and in original stories hopefully yeah well i think we're just going to see less risk taking in general um i think well, i think we'll probably see like you know people will be even more franchise dependent um mm. and and if you're a studio that has a franchise you're going to make sure you get that franchise you know you're going to get your star wars out you're going to get your marvel movie out you're going to mm-hmm. get your batman I guess maybe not Batman movie. But but if you're not getting a but, return on that Batman money, you know, if you're not getting a return on that tenant money, you know, that Christopher Nolan 
dough that they were yeah. expecting to get back. You know, I'm I'm sure they were expecting to get back at least threefold of that. You know, four hundred million you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I'm, I think they knew they were going to take a bath on this one. Um, I, I think I think whatever they lost on this movie was just the cost of business to keep you know getting to do business with Christopher Nolan because he wanted that movie out and he wanted it out now. Right. So I think they knew they were going to lose money on this one. I think the next big movie that comes out, if that one takes a bath as well, I think I think then you're resetting everything. But I, but I do think this was such a disappointment. I think it is going to push back stuff. I think Wonder Woman gets pushed back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet Black Widow gets pushed back again. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it hurts my heart or not, we're probably not going to see Dune anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so well, it's a decent I, I do release anyway. Well, I'm, is it? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, but I do think this was a disappointment. But I, I think they were expecting it, maybe not to this extent. But uh, but I, I do think it is going to be. Um, I think it's going to lead to less risk taking. Um, you're going to uh, you're going to you're going to stick to the directors you trust. You know you, you know you've got a history with. You can bank on. Right. Um, and so I think that. And maybe you'll push off those younger directors and you'll make movies for streaming services um, with smaller budgets. I think there'll be fewer movies with big budgets and, and just with like recognizable, you know, intellectual properties. That's what I'm expecting, but I don't know anything. So (laughs) (laughs) just a guy with a microphone. I don't know. (laughs) Just a guy with a microphone and an opinion. (laughs) Welcome to podcasting. You know, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, well, let's move on to something I don't have an opinion on. Um, the Star Trek Day 2020 Panuals. I have no thoughts. Say we go. Woo-hoo! All right. Um, <laughs> amidst all of the worry and stress of the pandemic, Star Trek celebrated its 54th anniversary on September 8th. And to mark that, the Star Trek homepage hosted seven panels uh, from every aspect of the Trek universe. I know you're trying to find the panels, Jamie. I know what you're doing. Um, but they did it in conjunction with CBS All Access, so where all the Star Trek you want is there. A um, couple of the things that came out that were really cool, I won't go into everything because, it, like I said, it was seven panels. Um we got our first trailer for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Uh, October 15th is the air date for that. So we're, it's right around the corner. We're going to get uh, a new season of Discovery. We got a little bit more on Strange New Worlds, and I'm really excited for this one because this is going to be the USS Enterprise under the command of Commander Pike. Um, and then also the original number one, uh, in this case being played by Rebecca Romain now, um, as opposed, you know, to the the man trap, or I, I think that was the, the first episode. <laughs> These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Baby, I don't know if he's supporting <laughs> you or setting you up. <laughs> I, I, it's a little bit of both, I think. <laughs> but along with the fact that it's that original crew before Kirk in that 
wonderful monologue that we just heard. Um, they're going to do much more episodic uh, kind of things, as if more similar to the old TOS. Uh, we also got panels for Voyager, Enterprise, Deep Space Nine. We got to see some previews for the second half of the <coughs> Deck season. Um, and the TOS was great because George Takei was on there. Uh, and I learned in the famous The Naked Time episode where he's sword fighting, if, if any of our listeners or know that episode, he was actually trained by the same guy that trained uh, Errol Flynn in The Adventures of Robin Hood. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but it was kind of fun. The panels were moderated by, obviously, Wesley Crusher himself, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, and Michaela Burton, who is LeVar Burton's daughter. So it was kind of neat. So it's kind of cool. Got uh, got to see some characters and some faces I hadn't seen in a long time. Obviously, Sir Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Frakes were on the uh, Picard and TNG panel. So always good to see them. Now, I did see one thing that was interesting. Um, Lower Decks, that's the animated show, right? Yes, it is. Now, I, on the next season, I don't think maybe this already aired. I'm not sure, or they were just previewing it. But isn't uh, isn't Q going to make an appearance? <laughs> yes, that they that was something they dropped. Uh, yes, so in this yes. in the second half of it, uh, when obviously see let's see episode six debuted this past Thursday. So they're on the second half because it's a 10-episode season. So, yeah, we are going to see Q back because where this is set in the TNG timeline, of course, Q's got to show up. So, <laughs> I'm sure it's John Delance's name, it. right? Yeah, he'll yeah. Catch John it. Delance. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, now back into firmer territory. Um, our next item is Mandalorian Season 2 update. Yes. Uh, what was that oh man i'm uh, completely excited for season two um all of the little hints and tidbits that they're laying out with uh, rumors of boba fett ahsoka tano showing back up and then we're getting you know our mandalorian back we're getting Dune back we're getting uh you know um Apollo Creed back. I mean, Carl Weathers. I mean, Carga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are getting a you know just this more of a Dave Filoni and John Favreau's beautiful Star Wars storytelling. Uh, we're still waiting for a trailer. Uh, there's rumors that we're going to have a big Ahsoka drop in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been uh, you know the Entertainment Weekly special that has been a Star Wars standard since uh, episode one uh so i'm so excited for this uh october 30th is the release date so i know what i'm dressing up for halloween that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and one thing that article talked about i thought was really interesting is you know they they've had this rotating stable of directors and they're adding Robert Rodriguez to their stable of directors this for this second season. So only fits with Favreau. Yeah, that, yeah. He, he, him and Favreau be a perfect fit. Uh-huh. And I mean, you look at you know El Mariachi and Desperado, how great that would fit in this universe. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And Spy Kids. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. uh, well, I mean, he has he has you know the experience with the effects. <laughs> You know, definitely with spy kids and working with kids. I mean, you have the child. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I know I was the guy that, you know, you know, threw some of the cold water on our Mandalorian interview last time. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't love the first season the way everybody else seemed to. Um, I liked it. I liked, I mean, probably, I don't know, a third of the episodes a lot, and the rest of it was okay. Um, I'm a little concerned um, with some of the things I'm hearing. The cast mm. is swelling like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the first season was at its best when it was focused on, you know, Mando and the child. And and as they kept expanding it out, even just like well, just by a handful of people by the end of the season, I felt like it was diluting what, what made the show good, like what was special about it. And so every time I hear another cast member getting at it, I'm like, what are you doing, guys? Let's <laughs> not dilute what's special here. And so every time I hear another name, I get, I get, I get nervous, you know. And... And then I heard uh, Favreau giving an interview where he talked about how season two, they were going Game of Thrones with season two. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? I'm like, this was, what, what about the baby Yoda craze made you think Game of Thrones was the direction to go? <laughs> so, so I just, I mean, I've got concerns. I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't crazy about the first season. I liked it well enough. But some of the things I'm hearing now, just like, ah, are making me nervous, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Not sure where we're going. Well, anytime you can expand the mythology uh, of Star Wars, you know, I think Star Wars is best in the grand scope of things. Uh, You know, this big picture storytelling, you know, with the Mandalorian, you're getting a lot of shades of gray, even though we had the dark saber at the end. Yeah. but uh, yeah, but you want to get to see these. Uh, you know, I just love the thoughts of revisiting some of these characters, especially Ahsoka in live action. You know, because she was such a divisive character as the Clone Wars come out and became to be such a fan favorite. Um, I, I cannot wait for them to adapt her. Up. You know, she's going to be portrayed by uh, the beautiful Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Snips has come a long way. So yeah, she really has. <laughs> she truly has. <laughs> Yeah, I was fine with that one. It's like the next five people they added, though, was what made me nervous. Because <laughs> just keep adding more people. Well, you know what's funny? We we said that there's not an official trailer, but there are so many fan trailers. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Like, there's one that shows Boba Fett coming out of the Sarlacc. There's one that shows a mock-up of, of Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you're not paying attention, you may already think there's a trailer out there. this is true well there is something coming out that has a trailer now um dune finally has a trailer there'd been some still images we'd seen a few things here and there but we finally have the dune trailer yes Uh, and a pretty long one that was a pretty long trailer um yeah, I was surprised that they released so much information in there and, you know, and, the, and so many of the iconic scenes from the book uh, were in there. It really blew me away. I was like, well, they're sharing a lot. What's in the box? <laughs> Pain. <laughs> well, I, I will say this, though, you know, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast. You know, I am. I am, I guess, more new to the Dune universe as as compared to you guys, right? And I really like Timothy Chalamet. 
Okay, and I think he's going to be really great as Paul Atreides. I really do. Um, you know, I got to see him in The King, where he played uh, the young Prince Hal, um, Henry the the Fifth, and he's such an intense actor and does such a good job in that. I think he will be really, you know, well represented. I think as an actor for for Paul. Yeah, I was really excited about the cast, you know, especially when you see Oscar Isaacs, um, you know, uh, Dave Bautista as, uh, you know, Raban looks amazing. Uh, but, you know, I had never seen Timothy Chalamet in anything, but I've seen him in these stills. Now, I know Paul is a young man, um, you know, 15, 14 to mm-hmm. 16. And he he just seems so small and frail, but when you see him, you know, inhabit these roles, you know, with the mo- with the emotion on his face, you hear him speaking. He carries such a weight and such an emotion there. He, he really he really sold me on what I've seen so far. Did you like all of the cast members, guys? <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> There, there's one that a lot of people are excited about that I'm really kind of not excited about. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think Momoa, this is his chance to shine. They've given him this golden boy. They've given him this beloved character who, you know, won our hearts in the Dune books. And as you carry on with the story, really continues the story. He's the only continuation, you know, through the whole books as he's as he's cloned and, and gullumed or whatever you, they call it. I forget. But uh, this is Momoa's chance. He's either going to shine like a diamond on this role or he's going to be a joke. <laughs> Well, they're not making those movies, Dwayne. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> you will never see God in for Dune. Oh no, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're going to see it. But I mean, there's there yeah. is talk of you know having some side shows, um, you know, even on TV, at least one or two that I've heard of. And then you know how many, how much more cinematic can you be in this universe? I mean, you don't have to go crazy with God Emperor, but I mean, there's some pretty cinematic scope. Yeah. All right. I, I will I, I warmed, I warmed up. Okay. No, go go ahead. No, I, no. I, I warmed up to, to Momoa as Duncan. I, I feel like he's dialed back because he's got a big personality, mm-hmm. and I don't think it necessarily fits Duncan Idaho's character. Um, but it feels like in the, the the three minute trailer we saw that he's dialed that back a little bit. He's he's you know playing more inside the role and not just being yeah. his normal just Jason Momoa self. Yeah. Um, and so um, he's not so being I, awkward. I think, man. I think if, yeah, if he's not awkward, bro, <laughs> all over the place, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, not one. It was a very little little scene, though. But I think Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck. That was one I didn't see at first either. Um, but I think he had a couple little moments there in the trailer, and I, I, I really felt like he was giving off a really good Gurney Halleck vibe. Like his mm-hmm. his little moment there with the with the guy with the kid playing. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Wadib Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my my Dune cred just went away, um, but I feel like he, he had a really like good mentor vibe with him. Like I really bought Brolin's relationship with that kid. I got just a little. They had a connection, a little moment, but I really felt like that felt like Gurney and Paul, and so yeah. that that really made me uh, feel good about that. 
But what, what did I think about the look of the trailer? How the movie looked in the trailer? Oh, Denis Villeneuve does not make ugly movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they really captured uh, the universe. Uh, how it's not, you know, it's in the future, but it's not as technical as you know we always think of the future. You know, whereas in the Dune story, you know. We had to, you know, do away with our thinking machines and develop our mind and develop our bodies again after the uh, Belarian Jihad. And you have, you know, I'm still um, in awe of, you know, like I said, the, the Beast Raban, you know, his stark whiteness. I mean, how great. wicked does that fit the Harkonnen, uh, you know, role there? Yeah, I mean, visually, it's this is going to be stunning. I love the, their take on the steel suits. Um, you know, uh, I know the old movie, you know, really lost a lot because it was, you know, more or less just the guts of the suit. When yeah. in the book, you have like a fully covered robe. Well, here you have more of the robes, but you're still seeing the face, and they have a, a different mouth covering. Um, I think it's they at I least did the nose really, plugs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they still did the that. nose plugs. I, I'm glad they yeah. stuck with the nose plugs. And why don't we have those for COVID? <laughs> Seriously. You know, why don't we have those for quarantine? Come on, somebody's dropping the ball. So what but did I, you I, guys I, think about the uh, sandworm, though? Well, that was my leading question. I hated the sandworm. <laughs> really? <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> so, it, just, it didn't look – I didn't like the way it moved. I didn't like the way it looked. Uh, I, it, it wasn't segmented the way it's described in the books. The the, the opening and the teeth didn't look right. Uh, I did not like the sandworm. No, I really <laughs> dug. I really dug the sandworm. Are you more of a David Lynch sandworm guy or a Trimmer uh, sandworm what, guy? I, <laughs> I, I'm more of a Tim Burton sandworm guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but it's important to the way the sandworms work and how they travel on the, the, the segments, you know, because they, they use those little hooks the, to mm -hmm. push open the segments and they roll mm -hmm. away to protect them. That's, that's how they actually control them. And that thing did have segments. That would just look like, you know, I mean, it just looked like bad concrete. Uh, well, the thing was the thing was so huge, <laughs> you were a mile away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the, way, the way it approached and the way it affected the surface of, of, of Arrakis looked cool, mm -hmm. but then it I came out of the amazing. ground and was like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> and then when uh, it turned to look at Paul and the way that, I just, you can't, the, like, it was all teeth. There was like no inside to the worm. It was all teeth. I'm like, <laughs> there's no way it could function like that. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, but I'm more okay with Momoa than the sandworm. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, mercy. <laughs> wow. That's a hot take. <laughs> but the red, but he, but there's a but there's a a sort of elegant austerity to the way Frank Herbert describes all of like um especially like the houses in the Dune universe. And I feel like that Denny Villeneuve captured that perfectly. Like especially that room where he's getting the Gom Jabar. Mm -hmm. Um you know, treatments, put his hand in the box, and you can see the room there. There's an elegance to the room, but it's also very austere. And I feel like he captured the feel to the rest of the Dune universe absolutely perfectly. And so I'm really excited about this movie. Yeah, I think overall the tone is more, um, you know, 
concurrent with the book. It's more consistent, I guess, with the book than uh, than you know previous movies. Uh, you know, I know there's the David Lynch one where he famously did not read the book, and then there was the made-for-TV <laughs> sci-fi one, which was I don't even know what that thing was. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, I've got one. I've got one last question though. What did you all think of the shield fighting? I thought the shield fighting looked amazing. Um, I, I was kind of worried about you know going away from the big blocks because you know you had you know you had space mm-hmm. that the shield provided you, but uh, I think that the way the shields uh, looked looked really great. They looked really fluid, you know, and from Caladan, a, a planet of water, you know, they looked really fluid. Mm-hmm. I thought it made more sense. I, I know that with the lens, I think they did that partially because of the state of technology. In what nineteen eighty four, whenever that was, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they had uh, to, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the way that because he doesn't know in the books, he doesn't really describe how it looks. He describes how it works right. more than the appearance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that the way it looks in that trailer, it kind of made sense for what, how Frank Herbert described, like how you would try to slowly pass through, mm-hmm. like just to get to the skin through the shield. I, it looked like okay, that that would might be how that would look. And so I I, I dug that. I mean, it, I, they, there's a lot of loving detail. I mean, the people who wrote this and made this, they love this book. So I, 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 I dug that. Yeah. Well, I've got a question. You guys think about the Pink Floyd soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too young for that. <laughs> no, no Pink Floyd. No Pink Floyd references. Let's, let's go to the round table rewind. <laughs> Oh, well, we're back, and Jamie, uh, we we had to rewind our uh, cassette there because Jamie does not like the Floyd, apparently. <laughs> but Jamie, something you were so excited about finally got a release, not just a release date. It finally came out in the celluloid or bits now. New mutants. Um, <laughs> nowhere near us, but yeah, it came out. <laughs> yeah, I think the closest right, place was like two hours away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got I've got a lot of numbers for you on this one, guys. Here we go. Budget sixty seven million, and they did a lot of marketing over the five years this thing sat in storage. So, <laughs> how many different trailers did we see anyway? Well. Worldwide growth. This is not opening weekend. This is since it's been out. Worldwide gross. No, it's a little higher than that now, Sadie. Oh, is it okay? 21, 21 23 million. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20. Oh. Uh, okay, now hold on. Here's some more numbers. The IMDB score. This is not this is a one to ten rating. Five point six. Meta score. This is at one to a hundred. 43. Rotten Tomatoes, 33%. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter has it at 33% with a 54% audience rating. So, oh. <laughs> wow. Um, and this was interesting. So, um, I'd mentioned in a previous podcast about uh, the co creator. Bob McLeod, okay? According to him, his name is misspelled at the end <laughs> credits of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So he made a post about that. So. Yeah, I, I saw that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's some high quality H two O. But I still want to see it. All I mean, I mean, low box office and scores aside, I I still think it looks like a fun trailer. Um, I like the vibe of the movie. Um, I'm still glad it exists. <laughs> so I'm going to try to find a way to see it. I I'm really wanting to see it. You know, we've talked about this. Um, I have heard some uh, very dissenting views of Charlie Heaton. And his mm-hmm. accent as Kentucky Sam. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that part of it. But um, supposedly they really lean in to the his accent mm. being from Kentucky, supposedly. So, <laughs> Well, in his defense, so did Claremont in the comic books. <laughs> there was a lot of... Uh, Spelled out, you know, accents in there. It was, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, on to happier news. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music has come out. And yes. according to my Redbox app, um, it'll be in the our boxes on street corners and pharmacies and Walmarts everywhere shortly. <laughs> Coming to a Redbox near you. That's right. Now, yeah, that's this one, is something. the tomato meter looks pretty good, guys. 81% the last time I looked. So, Yeah, Metascore's pretty good, 66, IMDb 6.3. I mean, it's got, those are solid grades. Mm-hmm. And the handful of people that I know, like, like real humans, not just internet scores, uh, that I know have seen this movie have, have been positive. I mean, they seem like they were pleased with what they saw, so... Yeah, well, for for a part three to a very small franchise whose last movie was almost thirty years ago, <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm so excited for this, and yeah, I can't wait to see it with uh, with quarantine, virtual learning, uh, you know, life happening. I haven't got to see it yet either. And Red Box is, uh, you know. Bringing me along with that tease too, so I cannot wait to to get us Bill and Ted. All right, our uh, trying to move along faster through the rewind here. That's the goal of the <laughs> the structure of the podcast. Well, someone who always it. teases us along with stuff is Disney. And what the heck are they doing with this release, Jamie? I've got a theory. I've got a theory. Um, so Disney. Uh, makes most of their money through, you know, theme parks and cruise lines. Which ain't happening right now. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> so my, my theory is, because so they, they released Mulan, and they didn't just put it on Disney+. Plus. They made a special little thing. You got to spend a $30 one-time fee to get access to Mulan early. And then for the lifetime of your current Disney Plus subscription, you get special access to Mulan. Um. So my theory is, is that they don't, they're not counting on theme park money anytime soon. They're not counting on cruise line money soon. I think they're betting on their most like reliable source of income in the short term is their streaming service money. 
And so that's why it did go to VOD. That's why you can't get it through Amazon Prime special purpose like we did Bloodshot, like you did Bill and Ted. They're only putting it there for that special thing and that you only get to keep for the life of your subscription. Because if you let your subscription slip for one second, you lose your special purchase. (laughs) So I think they're really banking on that Disney Plus money floating them until all the COVID stuff's over. So that's my theory. Okay, my next question. Does anybody know anybody that's really excited for Milan to come out? <laughs> I, I mean, was. I, I probably was sounded like a. I probably sounded like a troll just then, and a really horrible person. But I mean, <laughs> I, I just wasn't excited for this thing. I love Mulan, but I just wasn't excited for this remake for some reason. It looks beautiful, but I, <laughs> g- give me Eddie Murphy as a dragon in this thing. <laughs> come on now. I mean, you're digitally well, animating is, horses. Digitally animate me a dragon. In live... Well, see, for me... Quote, unquote, live action. A, yeah. See, for me, this wasn't a live action remake. I've never seen the cartoon. Oh, uh, okay. This was just a, a cool, you know, samurai-style movie. Right. <laughs> I had no... I have no history with Mulan, so... <laughs> I just saw a cool trailer with Donnie Yen in it, so I was good. There you go. And they really lean into that aspect of it, don't they? It almost has, it seems to have more of a, you know, kind of a feel of those samurai movies, you know, Kurosawa type of stuff. So, Yeah, they've almost uh, make this look like a historical epic. Mm-hmm. And that, that was part of the, what I found really appealing about it. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I dug about it. But, I mean, it's Disney. It's a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> But this, this is this was the first of their live action remakes that I had, had any interest in whatsoever. Right. So, but I, I'm I'm curious about their numbers. How many of those special Mulan sales they actually made? How many people yeah. are just going to like wait? <laughs> what what do they call it? Premier access. Premier yeah. access is what they're yes. calling it. Yeah. Premier access. You, you think it. they could have come up with a, with a, a mousified name there for that? Make Making it sound all fancy. <laughs> All right, well, guys, our last rewind item this week is the new Bond 25, No Time for Dying, or whatever it's called, trailer. <laughs> yes. Um, Sammy, I think you're the biggest Bond fan on the show. What were your thoughts on the trailer? Um, you know, I thought this trailer was fantastic. I loved the first one. This one, I really feel like Daniel Craig looks like he's enjoying himself playing this role. <laughs> Um, you know, Spectre was iffy. It wasn't awful, but I think you could tell Craig didn't want to be there. Uh, he actually looks like he's enjoying this, and, and it feels like there's some stakes. I think Remy Malik is going to play a really good villain in this. He feels like a good antagonist uh, for Bond. I love the fact that we're getting, you know, Jeffrey Wright back as Felix Leiter. We're getting Ray Fiennes back as M. You know, Ben Wishaw, who I love as Q. I love Ben Wishaw. I wanted him to be the next Doctor. But, um, yeah, but uh, I liked what I saw. I was really excited for this. And I do hope November 20th it will be out and I will feel like I can go see it because I want to. (laughs) well, I had a realization as I was watching this trailer because mm-hmm. I recognized this was a quality trailer for a quality movie. Like you said, Rock, Remy Malik looked like a fun Bond villain, mm-hmm. but I just I wasn't interested 
And I realized <laughs> what had happened to me. Because I used to be a big Bond fan. Like when they mm-hmm. would have, when TBS would have their Bond marathons, dude, I was all in. Oh, yeah. Um, Every time. But I, but I realized what happened is Jason Bourne has ruined Bond for me. Because since the Jason Bourne trilogy, the Bond movies just feel silly, and they they just feel over the top and goofy. And I just I, I've just I've lost interest in Bond since Jason Bourne happened. Hmm. Well, I think the biggest problem there, Jamie, is that Bond has decided to try to take Jason Bourne on, you know, head on, instead of staying in its own kind of campy place. Bond has always been that kind of a little bit of cheese, a little bit of camp, mm-hmm. fun times. But, you know, with this Daniel Craig iteration, I can't really get into it because it seems like they're trying to do the too real thing. Um, and, you know, you cannot have a car that just wheels turn into propellers and goes underwater and and keep a straight face, you know? <laughs> oh, but the part of the trailer when he's on the motorcycle and goes up the steps and shoots up into the air on the motorcycle, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's no, spinning like the Aston Martin around, just firing... <laughs> Bullets. <laughs> it looked cool. I mean, for a Bond movie, it looked cool. But that's the thing for me. It's like they've they've it's slipped into a different category now. I saw Jason right. Bourne. Jason Bourne is what a cool spy thriller is supposed to be and look like and feel like. And Bond isn't that. And it's ruined for me forever now. <laughs> well, you know, my most favorite thing about the Bond movies is trying to predict if Daniel Craig is going to be happy and want to make it or not. <laughs> So with that, guys, I think we should move into our last segment of the show. It's Trelawney time. Dad, what time is it? It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's time to make a prediction. Baby, don't you whine. It's Trelawney time. I feel like this is the uh, this is the time where I hurt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've done this. So. Yeah, um, I, I get like I get jitters. I get I mean this I, I cringe a little bit whenever it's Trelawney time because I always lose. I think I think in the what two years over two year history of the show, I think maybe what twice three times three times. <laughs> I, th- I think I think you're at three times. Right. Yeah. I think you're at three times with Trelawney time. But, you know, the good news is that movies are back in cinemas. Uh, you know, no matter how limited, no matter how allegedly, no matter how, you know, some of these older movies are getting resurgences too, which is, is a, being a ton of fun. Uh, but, you know, we have a new movie coming out in cinemas. Uh, I need one of you guys to talk about this a little bit. All right. Uh, Sammy, uh, it's... You want to preview this one? I think you're a big fan of the uh, star of this okay. movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this this time for Trelawney, we're going to talk about Ava. Now, we, we've mentioned Jason Bourne. We've mentioned James Bond. So now we get Ava, played by Jessica Chastain. Okay. Um, this is one, going to be one of those spy thrillers, one of those black ops assassin for hire type of movies and the trailer looks pretty good um you know i think the cast is interesting besides miss chastain we got john malkovich colin farrell gina davis you know these are all names you know hollywood names right um but i'm gonna be really honest i think this plot is a little thin 
It feels a little retread to me. Okay, I really do. I watch it, but as I've told these gentlemen often, I watch almost anything with Jessica Chastain. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I'm going to give it a score, I'm going to go. It took me a while. I couldn't remember. Do we give grades or do we give percentages? I can't remember. It's been so long. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go 68 on this thing. All right. 68. Okay. Okay, I liked the trailer. Um, you're, I mean, you're you're spot on. It's a it's a retread. Um, uh, this is this is not a super inventive plot, um, unless there's a plot. I'm, I'm I've got a hunch there's a plot twist or hiding premise. Like mm-hmm. they didn't give everything away. Uh, I'm hoping there's something like that because there's like hints about her going off book. Like, and I'm wondering if there's something to that. Like she doesn't play by the like the script she's supposed to go by. So I'm wondering if there's something to that. Um, something extra going on. I thought the trailer looked cool. The action looked like <laughs> like scenes from a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> um, but I don't. But I just I think this is not the movie for right now. I think people want fun, lighthearted, fair. I don't think they're wanting dark, broody, <laughs> gritty, you know, super violent <laughs> spy movies. So I don't think this is going to get the reception it would have gotten in a normal time period. So I'm going to go a little higher than Sammy, but not mm-hmm. by much. I think it's a 71 is my okay. prediction. Okay. Well, Jamie, uh, you had uh, my number that I had initially thought of with this movie was a 71. And then when you're when I'm hearing about the cast who's in this thing, I, I, I've developed a new number. Uh, I'm going to go 63 as my prediction. <laughs> Oh, which name set you off? John Malkovich. Malkovich and Davis. <laughs> John Malkovich and Gina Davis. Yeah. Both of them. They're great actors. I love them, but they don't make the smartest choices a lot of times. Malkovich makes choices. I'll give you yeah, that. Malkovich makes choices. He does. Definitely. Um, you know, yeah. love, love, love his uh, metho- methodology. Love his, you know, <laughs> Or uh, uh, all of his stuff surrounding him. Um, yeah, one of the 63 for this. All right. You know, Jamie, you, we, we talked about this being a little retread. I, I wonder if she's got red in her ledger. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think there's a chance of that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well. Well, fellas, mm. I look forward to revisiting this next time and being wrong. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a couple reviews before our next news episode. So yeah. you know, we'll yeah, just keep these numbers in mind. And if you get a chance to check this movie out, if you want to or not. Well, our next uh, re- review, though, is one of Sammy's picks, if I'm right. I don't have it. Yes. I don't have the schedule in front of me. All right, Sammy, preview for yep. just for a second. What we got? All right, so next week we are going to be looking at the 97 sci-fi blockbuster Men in Black. Probably one of the catchiest pop tunes of the 90s, if you ask me. Um, But Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, uh, you know. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. Rip Torn. Rip Torn. I was going to say Rip Torn. You know, little aliens that are great. And, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> in, right. in a skin suit. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I forgot that was D'Onofrio. <laughs> yeah. It's, D'Onofrio. <laughs> it's Private Paul. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>
So as we are preparing to look into the red lot, what are we going to do to the next episode, Jamie? We're going to keep it nerdy because we make this look good. <laughs> <laughs>